Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Into a Monday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM. WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Seth's going to produce uh, the broadcast today. Back uh, from vacation. Lots of honeydews, but still good stuff. Hard to believe after a long, long summer that Gator football camp for the season opens tomorrow yeah finally and now we can say almost we're about a month away from the gator football opener less than that for the college football opening weekend so that's pretty good we're finally turning the corner Preseason NFL football. The Jaguars playing in the Hall of Fame game this year. That's later in the week. Big spate of commitments for Florida football. I wonder what all the people are saying now that one of the fire Billy Napier and this staff can't recruit. I wonder what what they're thinking now. Anyway, Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports. We'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then a couple of things I want to bring up today. First of all, the passing of Bill Russell. He was one of the first athletes, good or bad to some people, that became socially conscious of issues besides what was on the basketball court. But I think sometimes... He gets lost in the shuffle a bit because, you know, his last playing days were in the late 60s. But he played on those Celtics teams that were dominating the NBA. And if you're old enough to remember, you know, his matchups with Wilt Chamberlain when Wilt was with the Sixers, I mean, he, he I get it. I get Michael Jordan, I get Kobe, I get... But I think some somehow Bill Russell got pushed down the list a bit of all-time NBA greats, and I think it's a mistake to do that. But anyway, he was 88 when he passed away. Uh, the Major League Baseball trading deadline is tomorrow. I don't know if Juan Soto is going to be traded. And I if anybody gets him, I think it's going to be San Diego. We shall see. Also, um, in my buddy Chris Doring kind of took it on the chin a little bit uh, when he said that Florida fans were the worst, and I'm paraphrasing, but look, if you... He's right. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know 
about every other fan base because I don't. But I do know about this one. Okay? And look, I think it's the same with any fan base. You can get a very vocal minority of fans who are crazy and say stupid things. You know, Billy Napier shouldn't coach. A but well, that's fine, but then that is part of the fan base, good or bad. It is. So we'll get your thoughts on that too because I, I really do think that it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. If you look at what a lot of people think of where now not that the media is right because it rarely is honestly but you're picking Florida to finish fourth in the east and I I just have a sneaking suspicion there's going to be trouble in paradise here this first season for a couple of reasons bear with me here and tell me if you agree with this. Go back, and you can find anything now, okay, and look at the offense that Billy Napier ran at Louisiana, okay? It was not fun and gun. It was not sling it all over the ballpark. It was a run-oriented offense, You're going to get a lot of that here. In December, if you want to go back and listen to this show on August 1st when I say this, and Anthony Richardson throws for 4,000 yards, okay, I'm an idiot. But on, but just to start with, don't you think you're going to see, I mean, what do you, what do you expect offensively, I guess is what I'm asking as a Gator fan from Billy Napier? Because the bottom line to me is points. I don't care if you run, throw, kick, points, right? But look at the team as it's structured. Yes, you have a dynamic quarterback in Anthony Richardson, but take his name away. Take the fact away he's a local kid. He's not a proven commodity. He is not. He is not that. The receiving core here, okay, a transfer from Arizona State helps but, again, are you looking at Randy Moss over there? No, you are not. What is, at least on paper to me, the strength of this team offensively? Believe it or not, it's the offensive line and the running backs. So wouldn't you lean on that? And that's what kind of Napier does. It isn't that his quarterbacks don't throw, but it's a – you're going to get a heavy dose, I think, of the ground game. I hope that will satisfy you. because, And maybe the, here's the other question. As a Gator fan, do you, ex, you expect to have you know, Tim Tebow all the time? We'll get your thoughts on that, too. All right. We'll open the phone lines for you. Hopefully we'll talk some sports after a little time off. 392 you can email srussell at wruf.com, and uh, Seth will take care of the rest of it here today. Just for grins, 
Um, I think it's interesting in terms of recruiting because it changes every day, right? So when you look at uh, the rankings for recruiting, Florida was buried. And that's where the criticism of Billy Napier came and his staff because they were, what, 40th or whatever they were. Florida, according to 24-7 Sports, now has the 12th best recruiting class for 2023. Okay? It wasn't done in a day, but they're now number 12. Now, there's an issue here. Okay? Florida's number 12. That's wonderful. Unfortunately, there's one, two. I'm including Texas and Oklahoma in this because they're going to be SEC brethren soon. Okay? Unfortunately, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU and Tennessee rank above Florida from this league. That's part of the problem. Arkansas is right behind at number 13. Interestingly, when you look at the 2023 class, South Carolina is 22. They're an up-and-comer, too. The league this year, and how about Texas A&M? You know where they are? In the 40s, somewhere. As I always say, however, that can certainly change, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where things set up. Mississippi and Utah, the team that's picked to win the Pac-12, currently has the 49th best recruiting class in 2023. 49. Only and they're they're just behind and Florida State has dipped to forty six. Forty six. Kentucky forty five. So I'm all I'm saying is I get what people thought early on, but Florida's done a pretty nice job. And again, Blake Alderman will highlight some of this for you when he's here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, all right, let's get a couple of emails here. It's We're still kind of in this uh, period of time here where it's the calm before the storm, uh, but we're doing what we can. Bill says, uh, Steve, glad to have you back. I have a baseball question. Your Mets are playing really well of late and getting Jacob DeGrom back. Does that make them the favorites in the National League? No. No. Uh, but, but I will say this. If Jacob deGrom comes back and he's Jacob deGrom, arguably the best pitcher in the National League when he's right, would you want to face the Mets with Jacob deGrom day one, Max Scherzer day two? Yeah. I mean, the, Met, the, the Mets might have the two best starting pitchers when it comes to that. Williams says, in my opinion, we're talking about all-time NBA grace. If it's, it's Jordan 1, Kareem 2, 3 to 10, all debatable. Russell's in that range. As it pertains to uh, CD, Chris, a regrettable comment. 
Florida is one of about 10 programs who have extreme expectations, and he pays more attention to Florida because it's his school and he played here. That's I would agree with that. So it seems more extreme to him. All the noise on Twitter is just that. A lot of the discussion on there are people who could not even name five Florida players, giving them the satisfaction of a label of Florida fan as a joke. Are Florida fans impatient and irrational? Sure, but no more than Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and schools of that caliber. Um, William, I'll debate that with you a little bit down the line here. There's always going to be a fringe element of fandom of any school that's crazy, wacko, okay, that you, you read it and go, what the hell? But, and again, what do we see here? We see it here. We don't see it because we're not in Tuscaloosa. We're not in Columbus, Ohio, et cetera. 1214, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Tyler Lightburn. The Tampa Bay Rays look to bounce back against the Blue Jays after losing their last series versus the Cleveland Guardians. The Rays currently sit at third in the AL East and third in the AL wildcard race. Former Gator coach Dan Mullen is reportedly considering an offer to join ESPN as an analyst. In more football news, the Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson receives a six-game suspension this morning for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Today is the Tampa Bay Bucks' first day of padded practice. Gators football media day starts tomorrow, and fall practice will begin on Wednesday. Yesterday, Gators football landed a four-star wide receiver commit in Andy Jean. This marks the eighth commit in the last month for Billy Napier and the Gators. I'm Tyler Lightburn, and that's your Gainesville Sports. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Friends, what's the number one mistake sellers make when selling their home? Well, the answer might surprise you a bit. I asked Scott Caldwell with your home sold guaranteed realty this very important question for people who are trying to sell their homes. He's got over nearly 20 years of experience. He's seen a lot. He's seen a buyer's market, the seller's market, low inventory, which is what we're still in right now. Well, he says one of the biggest mistakes sellers make is not planning ahead. When you have the time, when you have the luxury of the time to sell uh, in this market, do your research, find out what your home is really worth. And if you need to buy another home while you're trying to sell your home at the same time, Scott's got off-market listings that never hit the MLS. Almost 50% of sales are with off-market properties. And Scott's got over 8,000 buyers in his database. He's got all the information you need to help you plan ahead and net the most money. And that's the most important thing for you when you sell, getting the most money. So plan ahead. Call Scott Caldwell today, 352-209-0000. That's 352-209-0000. Or visit caldwellhasthebuyers.com. It's time to celebrate outdoors. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. Let Electronics World help you upgrade your lanai, pool deck, or backyard space with outdoor TVs from Sunbright and Samsung. Outdoor speakers from Yamaha, Sonance, Speakercraft, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. We've got everything you need to entertain your family and friends. Come see and hear for yourself at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. That's electronicsworld.net. My 
spilled your milkshake? Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So you can get back to your milkshake. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than your Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Summer is here. It's only June and we have record high temperatures. Ever wish your shorts or pants had air conditioning? You could cut or poke holes in your clothes, but that would take days. Lucky for you, Link Soul has you covered. Link Soul has taken its most technical fabric designed to be moisture wicking and quick drying and added precision holes cut from lasers to maximize airflow for added comfort. Get Link Soul's Boardwalker AC collection keeping you cool wherever you go at linksoul.com. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real live person. You know, a human being who's actually understanding your issues and works to resolve them. Someone with a knack for helping others and has a pulse. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. It's live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Blake Oliver from 24-7 Sports. We'll talk Gator football recruiting at the bottom of the hour. We'll take some calls and emails in the meantime and after he is here as well. Tony's first. Tony, hey. Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? Welcome back. Hope Thank you. Hope you had a good time off, man. Yeah, it was good. Uh, awesome, buddy. Steve, man, hopefully uh, hopefully your Mets can finish doing a super solid to the Gator baseball team and not find Sproke. Uh, I believe the deadline is uh, approaching here in a couple of hours. What do you think Sproke coming back to this rotation is going to mean for Sully, man? Um, I, I'm selfishly, I mean, I, look, I, I think Sproke, I, if he's going to sign, he's going to make some decent money. But if he comes back, I mean, look, you're, the kid from Southern Miss is projected uh-huh. to be a really high draft next year. So you add Sproke to that. On paper, that's pretty good. And, you know, a couple of guys that were hurt last year have a chance to come back. That That's going to be a pretty nice pitching yeah. staff. Imagine doing the uh, wall jump uh, Friday, Saturday, both coming in at like 98 miles an hour with like 90-mile-an-hour change-ups, and then you come in with Finvold on Sunday. <laughs> Throwing 70-mile-an-hour with a 50-mile-an-hour change Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. I mean, that's probably not going to happen, but wouldn't that be interesting if it did? That would be hilarious, man. Uh, Steve, as far as the recruiting goes, you know, the class is definitely shaping up, but there's a couple of holes in it, man. Yep. You could ask uh, Blake about it. Um, linebacker and offensive line kind of had me a little concerned. You know, um they're, they've kind of shifted to more of the the backup options, like the Plan Bs, kind of on both of those positions. So I'm curious if you could ask Blake see how they look on both of those offensive line and uh, linebacker. Um, as far as the comment that you made about uh, Dorian's uh, tweet, you know, 
I, honestly, Steve, I just get a little tired. I, I think it's a little laziness kind of comments to make, like, you know, this is the worst fan base, you know, for this or the worst fan base for that. I mean, you have people calling Paul Feinbach's show from Alabama wanting Saban fired for the one game that he loses every couple of years. You have Tennessee fans making Pruitt use his wife as a bag man. Um, you have, oh, have you been to Austin, Texas? Where until that fan base comes into the SEC? To make a comment like, you know, this is the worst fan base, that's just a lazy comment. And I don't think it serves any purpose. And in reality, it's such a small percentage of the fan base that are just radicals on Twitter. Half of them are troll accounts that I normally just block because it's obvious that they're troll accounts. But they make a tweet, and guess what? That's the tweet that gets quoted on SEC Now. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times I look and I'm like, that's a troll account. That's not even a Gator fan. He's a verified troll account, which if you're in Twitter, you know what that means. Right. It's a fake account from another fan base just trying to make you look bad. And they quote that on SEC now. You know, so to make comments like that, it just gets frustrating. I tweeted out to Chris saying, man, come on, man, be better than this. You know, this is just dumb and lazy, man. And and I love Doran. I love him. But it's just those comments are just stupid, Steve. Okay. Tony, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for your call. Yeah, Spro. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, there we go. Let's get John up here next. Hi, John. Yeah, good afternoon, Steve. Um, welcome back. And I'm sure that you're uh, energized and ready to, to start the new football season coming up shortly. So uh, maybe it's going to be pretty awesome. Let's hey, hope so. Uh, I, well, I'm sure you will. Whether win, lose, or draw, you know you're – you're, you're going to hear the the aspect of Gator fans, like the previous caller was talking about. Um, I tend to agree with you. What your early your early uh, assessment is, I think, will be especially with the the strength of the team is as a stable of running backs. I think that's going to be the mo that he wants to maybe move the chains. I mean, you know, uh, Shane Matthews always says, you know, you want to have chunk plays. Those are awesome. But if we're if we're a team that can you know, move the chains, get you know, ball control. You know, go down and win and score. I mean, we've we've seen the fun and gun. That's you know, that's not that's not going to happen. We're we're be silly to think that he's going to just come in and swing the ball around. So, I'll, I'd be happy with that if we can you know establish you know control game. You know, take the pressure off the defense. So I, I'm be I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, look to me, it, it's about production. I don't care yep. how you do it. I mean, if you score 50 points, you know, chunking it around, great. If you score 50 points with a run-dominated team, but you get chunks, you know, in the run game, well, that, you know, the bottom line scoring. That's, that's true, man. Well, enjoy uh, listening to you again, uh, and uh, talk to you later. All right, John, thank you for your call. Chris is up next. Hi, Chris. Hey, Steve. Um, I'm a huge Chris Doring fan, um, but I – I think those comments represent a few things that's happening in sports in general simultaneously. Um, it, players are getting hypersensitive to criticism. Um, that goes through music culture to sports culture, any type of criticism, people's personal fans and family will blow up at you on Twitter, whether it's warranted or not. So we've got like a hypersensitive culture. And then uh, you have something that has happened within the fractured Gator fan base, and it started really, I think, the seeds of it were planted under Zook. 
um, and Twitter and message boards have just made it worse. But you have a few bad apples that are negative no matter what, and they call only when something's bad, bad is happening. They boo players. They're the bad apples. There's a few of those. There's a few in every fan base. But then you have two wings of this Gator fan base. One is pretty informed, and they see things as they happen and usually call it out as they happen, and they're critical. They're vocal on message boards. They're vocal on Twitter. They're vocal on these sports call-in shows. The other side of the fan base it has an absolute steadfast refusal, and I'm going to throw some media members in there too for whatever reason, have a refusal to criticize the Gator uh, coaching staff or players or anything going on with the program until a coach is fired, and then afterwards they go, yeah, we kind of knew this stuff was going on, but we really couldn't say anything. And I, and I don't see this in any other fan base. I listen to Locked On uh, podcasts for all the other SEC teams. I read message boards. This Gator fan base is so split between the uh, fans that are critical and the fans that refuse to criticize under any circumstances. And both have faults. Both are at fault. And, and, and you see people on these message boards now that before a Gator fan can even criticize they start posting things like, oh, here come the boo birds, here come the whiners, here come the, the fans that should just hop off the train. They call other Gator fans not real Gator fans for being critical. That They're really, really sensitive. And, and I don't see this in many other fan bases. And Doring's comments echo that. They echo the side of the, you better not criticize or you're, you're uh, not a real Gator fan. And I know that's not what he said, but it does echo those sentiments. Yeah, I don't. That, that's not what he said. You're you're accurate right. in saying that, um, but I do think this. I, I think there's merit in how you describe it, but I would venture to say it's that way in just about every fan base, because there's a, and I think it's generational. Okay, older fans, and I'm just being generalizing here are not as quick to criticize because they have been schooled to root for their team no matter what. You know, we're, right, we suck, but weather. yeah, but we exactly. Right. The, I think that the younger fan, you know, the social media fan is much more quick to criticize or question, let's use that word, you know, if they think a coach is not making the proper decision or is not using his players the right way, whatever it might be. So I think, there, to, to your point, I think there's merit to both. I, I just real quick, Steve, I think, like, uh, I watched this happen under Muschamp, Mullen, and McElwain, that the, the fans that start to get critical of the offense, the defense, not playing the right players, whatever it is, are called out very quickly as, you're not in practice, you don't know enough, and then in the end, they ended up being correct to some extent. I don't know what a longer leash looks like for Napier, but I do think we need patience. And I think it may take four or five years, but I don't know what that's going to look like on message boards or Twitter or call-in radio shows. I don't know when you start to criticize, but I think you, you should be able to say, I love the coaching staff, I think they're heading in the right direction, but running the ball up the middle 40 times doesn't work. I think you should be able to say that without being pigeonholed as a whiny Gator fan. Fair enough. Thanks, Dave. Fair enough. Thank you, Chris. Lee, I have to get to you after I get our guest on. He's going to talk Gator football recruiting. 1229 time check brought to you by Hayes, Jittleby, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. 
This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Oh yeah, you can feel it, the hot Florida summer's upon us. And where do you feel it the worst? Well, in your vehicle, of course, unless you can reach over and dial in an icy blast of AC. If the air conditioning in your car isn't keeping you cool, take a ride and visit my friends at Dave Mays Automotive. And of course, AC isn't all they do. They can take care of your whole car, from brakes, tires, even engines and transmission work. And my favorite part is their honesty and work ethic. After all, there's a reason they've been in business since 1975. Take it from me, Steve Russell, there's no place else I trust my vehicle to. Located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Hey, sports fans, spring sports season is here. Basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, and the spring football game. Boy, am I excited. Well, now is the time to prune your trees and start preparing for those nasty summer storms. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Daughtry Tree Service today for your free evaluation. 352-472-2465. That's 352-472-2465. Or check us out online at Daughtry Tree Service. We believe a job worth doing is worth doing right. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Most of sunny skies see us in the early afternoon, but clouds, showers, and thunderstorms are all expected to develop as we go into the afternoon and early evening. Especially for that evening commute, heavy rain could be possible, and that could even lead to some localized flash flooding thanks to the fact that those storms will be slow moving. Highs today before storms develop will climb into low and mid-90s, pulling off in the low 70s tonight before doing it all over again tomorrow. From the UF Weather Center, meteorologist Justin Pappard. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Dan Orlovsky with us now, guys. Right now, I can be Keyshawn on one-on-one, absolutely. What Dan's the heck not out of your damn mind? Dan's not bad, but Dan, I, can't, I can't put Dan over Keyshawn. Dan, you lost your mind. Hey, if we're playing to 11, I'm 100% beating Keyshawn. Only thing you're going to beat me in is swimming and golf. That's it. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app wasn't that long ago some Gator fans were questioning Billy Napier's hire were questioning the recruiting savvy uh, or chops of Billy Napier and his staff 
Well, recently, uh, that's changed. Florida has had a good run here. And according to 24-7 Sports, Florida now has a top 12 recruiting class for 2023. Here to talk about that is Blake Alderman, who covers Gator football recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Blake, I don't know. You know, and you know how this goes. Uh, it all depends on when some of the recruits make their announcements. But it has been pretty stunning to see the turnaround here. Did you expect this? Uh, partially. You know, I think that whenever you have some of these guys that have made their decisions this past week, a lot of those dates were set already, um, had been announced. Florida was kind of the team to beat for a lot of those guys. You know, a guy like Andy Jean, um, I think, was maybe a little bit more of a surprise, you know, Maybe so more on the timing of his decision and not so much on the pick. You know, that's the guy in Andy Jean that, um, you know, took an official visit in later part of June to Florida, uh, left saying Florida was his leader, at the time was thinking about taking some visits in the fall, um, was a guy on Friday night, you know, after Friday Night Lights, that was one of the last guys in the building for Florida. They had wanted to try to get that one done heading into the visit and were able to. But, you know, some of those guys that, that had, uh, you know, finally went – public for Florida had either been silent for a while or at least were heavily leaning to Florida. So either way, a good haul for Florida, and they skyrocketed up the ranks, you know, over the last uh, couple days. They're going about 10 spots up. Uh, I, I guess if you look at a class if in, the, in a perfect world, you know, a fan sees a balanced class. I mean, good, good recruits, but are there holes so far here, Blake, in terms of position and recruiting? You know, I think there are some. You know, when I say that there are, you know, obviously Florida's offensive line and defensive line class, I think, is where they need to start to fill those needs the most. And I think that, you know, with offensive line, you've got two guys already in the fold. Defensive line, you've got two guys at the jack linebacker position, which are more of edge rusher guys. I think you're good there, unless you get some kind of cherry on top kind of guy. But true defensive lineman, Florida really only has one guy in the class. So I think that you could say there are some holes there. I think it's more due to the part that there's a huge need in general on the roster, on top of you know some of these guys that Florida's had on the offensive line, defensive line board have picked other schools. You know, not to say there aren't targets still left on the board, but when you look at the class, you know, from top to bottom, linebacker is another spot where they really need to fill some needs. So I think linebacker, offensive line, defensive line. When you look at the class from top to bottom, I think that's where you see the biggest holes. Um, when when Florida gets this. These, these spates of commitments here, does that resonate with other recruits? I think it does. You know, I think momentum is a thing in recruiting, and I think perception is a thing. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you've had a lot of these recruits that say, you know, ballers want to play with ballers. You know, whenever you see some of these top recruits go to, you know, to schools that maybe are a little bit more polarizing, you know, a Trey on Webb type of guy that's in Florida's class now who's very vocal, you know, has been a recruit since very early in his high school career. You know, those are – some of the guys, you know, that whenever you see a team start to get some momentum, guys start to take a closer look. You know, maybe it brings a visit in there or they have just more guys in their ear that, you know, makes the school like, you know, for Florida, for example, become more of a factor, just having more guys in the ear. So I think that, you know, having that type of momentum does help in general because I think, again, recruiting is very much a perception-based thing and it's built on momentum. And if you can keep that momentum and ride it into things, you can still keep that momentum going by, you know, having guys on campus that are around a lot of these commits, you know, seeing these guys pull the trigger that may like Florida, and that may give them a little bit more confidence to go ahead and end things too. A guy that maybe could be on the fence of, do I want to take some visits? Do I want to pull the trigger now? But they see all this momentum built up. And, you know, sometimes you just see guys get caught up on a visit and just say, you know what, man, this is where I want to be. This is what I'm going to do. When you look at the rest of the league, Blake, it's, you know, you know, Florida, according to 24-7, I think that's the 12th 
uh, ranked recruiting class, but a bunch of SEC schools, and I'm including Oklahoma and Texas in that, are ahead of Florida. It's great to be 12th or 10th or whatever it is, but you still have those other SEC schools in front of you. Right, and that's what makes recruiting in the SEC so hard. You know, you can really kill it on the recruiting trail. You could start to get the momentum like Florida does, but when you look at a lot of those schools that are ahead of them as far as rankings go for team rankings, a lot of those teams pop up on Florida's schedule. So um, I think that, you know, continuing to add some of those elite guys and, you know, I was kind of tinkering around with on 24-7 sports, they have something called the class calculator to where you can kind of add names in there, see where the score is, where that would move Florida's class up and down. And from where Florida's at right now at 12, um, the numbers are pretty steady. You know, Florida's going to need to add some elite guys to continue to climb up those rankings. You know, it's easy when you're in the 20s and you add a couple guys, you're going to jump up a lot of spots. When you start to get up there in the top 10s, you know, even adding a couple guys doesn't really move your score that much. So, I think now it's where Florida needs to start. You know, sure, there's some needs you need to fill, but, you know, I think at the same time you need to fill those needs in spots, like I said, linebacker, offensive line, defensive line. But you need to add some of those big fish, you know, the five-star players, top 50, top 100 type players. That's what's going to continue to help your class ranking rise up against some of those teams that are going to be on Florida's roster in the SEC like you're talking about. I'm glad you mentioned that, Blake, because if there was, you know, look, you've seen message boards. You knew – what the criticism was of Napier and his staff early on, you know, couldn't recruit, look, look where Florida's class is. But I think, you know, Florida got its share of four-star guys, even under Mullen. But to your point, sure. isn't the difference going to be landing some of the big fish that the Alabamas and other schools land? Isn't that going to really turn this class around, so to speak? Absolutely. Not only does it turn the class around, but it turns the roster around. You know, Florida's had some guys that, you know, they've added in there. But, you know, it's like in previous coaching staffs, Florida has been able to land some of those big fish, just not enough of them. You know, you you need to continue to build the roster up with talent, not just, you know, it's great landing four-star guys. You know, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But if you want to continue to compete against those schools that are landing those five-star, top 50, top 100 types of guys in bunches – that's what you need to continue to do. Not only do you need to continue to do that to make your class better from a year-to-year basis as far as if you're going to start ranking these classes, but in general, it's just going to help the roster. It's going to push the roster. You know, you want to continue to not only just build the floor of your class, but you want to rise the ceiling by adding those top-tier guys that are going to push the roster. They're going to come in, and they're going to try to make this roster better. You know, I think whenever you look at Florida in general, you see there's some talent on the roster. There's just not enough of it. I can't remember how many times year in a row I've seen people say, man, Florida starting 11 on offensive defense is pretty good, but where's the depth? And that's what you need to do by adding those top 100, top 50, top five-star guys that we're talking about. That's what's going to continue to build your depth to where if you know you have a guy that you can count on that maybe goes down with an injury or something happens and you need to turn, you, know, you, you don't want it to be a big drop-off. And I think that's where you're going to continue to elevate things by landing those top guys. It's great landing a three-star type of player. And I'm not saying three-star players are bad players. Those guys get developed. They turn into good players, but so do top 100 guys. Top 100 guys are ranked that way for a reason. Develop those guys. Take those guys to the next level because, shoot, you get a top 50 guy and you develop him into a big player. Maybe he's playing at a five-star type level. So that's what I think is going to continue to take Florida to the next level is landing those elite guys in bunches and trying to continue to push this roster under this new coaching staff. Blake, final question for you. By the way, our guest, Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports, who covers Gator football and college football recruiting. The the big 
the elephant in the room, Blake, is NIL and, you know, deals now that these kids are looking at. Um, how big a factor do you think that is today in the recruiting of these athletes? I think it's pretty big. You know, I can't sit there and say, you know, I'd be lying if I said that NIL was the driving factor for every kid that lands to school. You know, I think on message boards now, when you see, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Jones that picks, you know, school, whatever, that maybe was looking at Florida, everyone's quick to say, oh, well, such and such school must have offered a bigger NIL deal. Sometimes that could be the case. Sometimes NIL, I'm not saying it's not a big deal because for some of these kids, it is a huge deal. If it's not the driving factor, it's a factor. Maybe not every kid. You know, I think every kid, just because NIL is still fairly new, I think development, um, relationships with coaches, you know, getting them to the league, you know, close to home, I think those things still matter. But I think for a lot of these guys, NIL is a factor, and I only think it's going to become more and more of a factor as things continue down the road. Do they change the legislation or, you know, whatever there is with NIL down the road that can maybe make it a little bit more controllable to all these schools and put everyone on an even playing field? That's to be seen, but I think for right now where the layout is, I think NIL is a factor for a lot of those guys. Maybe not the driving factor for everybody, but it's just going to continue to become more and more of a thing. Real quick, I just thought of this. There's a possibility that the, uh, the one-time transfer rule is going to be modified. Uh, a, do you think it will be? And B, what, what will that do? to the recruiting landscape <laughs> you know i don't know if it's going to be a, uh, you know something that they that happens um you know the way that it's being thrown out and talked about it certainly seems like it's something that is a very real possibility to happen you know i i don't know that i really like that idea i think that that's just going to continue to make things the wild west you know you've got nil where there's a lot of loose legislation on what you can do what you can't do and i think a lot of coaches in general as far as nil are like, you know, I don't even know what we can do. Like, can we do that? There's just so many questions there. And not only do you have a guy that, you know, has a one-time transfer rule where they can go somewhere and play right away, I think that that's continuing to where your recruiting has to continue whenever you even land guys and have them signed and on your roster. You know, I think that that's just going to continue to make things more like the NFL, so to say, of in college football, of just having to continue to recruit these guys on your roster. If they can transfer all they want, you know, and still be scot-free. I don't like that idea myself. I like the idea of a one-time transfer rule. I think that, you know, sometimes things happen, whether you want to be closer to home, something just doesn't fit, there's a coaching change. You know, there's all sorts of things that can happen to where I like the idea of a one-time transfer rule. I don't like the idea of a bunch of guys having unlimited transfers out there. I just think that that's going to continue to make things like the Wild West to where, you know, if something doesn't work out, and maybe I'm just old school and I just think that, you know, you should buck up and try to figure out and make the best out of things. But to me, I think that if things go wrong, you get adversity, things don't work out for you, you just transfer all you want. I just don't like that idea. Blake, as always, where can people see your work? Yeah, Swamp 24-7. It's a 24-7 sports Florida site. Um, we're excited. You know, a lot of the uh, fallout from Friday Night Lights and Saturday's recruiting cookout will be up there. Um, Everyone who's already on the site, sorry I haven't been on there today. I actually just got done mowing my lawn. It looks like a little jungle out there. My wife is definitely not happy with me. Um, just the last busy week there. So we'll have some content cranking up there. Florida's got media day this week. Fall camp starting up. So football season is upon us, Steve. And, you know, things are going to start picking up on Swamp 24-7. All right, Blake. Always a pleasure to have you, and we'll have you back as, uh, as things merit. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yep. Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports, one of our grads, too. Think about this in terms of 
this, I believe the vote on the unlimited transfer, I believe is Wednesday. I think I'm right in that. But think of this. That would allow players to play immediately regardless of how many times they transfer. Think of that. So let's say Seth is a really good recruit, okay? And he goes to Florida, and Florida wins a national championship. You know what? Okay, I got my ring. I'm going to go to Alabama. I'll try to win another one. Okay, go. That, that, that's what this, as I understand it, would allow. And it would create two portal windows. Two. You'd have one 45 days beginning the day following the championship selection and a 15-day period, first two weeks of May, at the end of spring practice. It would be a 60-day transfer window. Yikes. 1246 time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Tyler Leifer. The Tampa Bay Rays look to bounce back against the Blue Jays after losing their last series. The Rays currently sit at third in the AL East and third in the AL wildcard race. Former Gator football coach Dan Mullen is reportedly considering an offer to join ESPN as an analyst. In more football news, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson received a six-game suspension this morning for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Today is the Tampa Bay Bucks' first day of padded practice. Gators Football Media Day starts tomorrow, and fall practice will begin on Wednesday. Yesterday, Gators Football landed a four-star wide receiver commit in Andy Jean. This marks the eighth commit in the last month for Billy Napier and the Gators. I'm Tyler Lightburn, and that's your Gainesville Sports Center. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. Gator Nation, need you to step up, if you can, and give a hand to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. If you have an unused or unwanted car, truck, RV, or boat, please consider donating it to Road Heaver Boys Ranch. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by your donated vehicles. These boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and then reselling the vehicles. Donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping a really great cause. Your generosity will do a whole lot of good. You can Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. That's rbr.org and learn more about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Oh no. Hey, Bob Rose here, and every time I look at the menu at Copper Monkey West, that's what I say to myself. They have so many delicious options, it's hard to decide. Should I get the chicken pot pie pasta with chunks of tender white chicken with veggies and rotini pasta in creamy chicken and cheddar cheese sauce? Oh, yeah. Or maybe one of their USDA choice steaks, like the 12-ounce Certified Angus New York Strip. Maybe it's the black and red fish over wild rice with veggies. So delicious. And of course, there's always the legendary Copper Monkey West Burgers, voted best in the area numerous times. You know, that's the thing, because whatever I end up choosing, I know the service will be top-notch. 
because warm smiles and friendly faces make for a wonderful dining atmosphere. Is that what you're looking for? Good food, good service, good people? Well, it's all at Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. I'll see you there. It's happening now. International Diamond Center Spectacular Summer of Savings event. Giving you a break from inflation and rising interest rates. Now for a limited time, you get IDC's incredible value price. Plus, two years, zero interest financing. And IDC will even cover your first two payments. Rings, earrings, bands, bracelets, colored gemstones, Swiss timepieces, even GIA and Forevermark diamonds. Buy now and spread your payments out with zero interest charges. How about a $3,000 pair of diamond stud earrings or anniversary band? Your payment is just $125 a month and we'll even cover your first two payments completely. Or how about some rollback pricing on wedding bands at IDC? Now through August, you can take 25% off any wedding band. That's price deflation. International Diamond Center's Summer of Savings event. Your refuge from rising prices. Special discounts and two years zero interest financing. Now for a limited time, only at International Diamond Center at Celebration Point on approved credit. Four. It's the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. You know, sometimes... People can be cold. I mean, cold-blooded. On Twitter, uh, some comments about Dan Mullen, you know, maybe taking the ESPN gig. A couple of the tweets I've seen: a big loss for Oconee High School, and maybe now uh, Oconee can develop their quarterbacks. Ouch. Get to Daryl here. Daryl, hi. Welcome back, Steve. How are you today? Hey, Daryl. Thank you. I'm doing well. Steve, uh, talk about fan bases. I mean, you've been a longtime Jets fan and a Mets fan, and uh, I know sometimes your patience probably wears thin, you know, pulling for both those teams. But I think the uh, older fan base like myself and you, we seem to, you know, have more patience with the coaching staff than this younger generation because of Twitter and social media, you know, there's going to be a segment of the fan base this year. If we go six and six or seven and five, they'll be wanting to fire uh, Billy Napier after one year, Steve. So I just think it's just a generational gap. I think that's, in, in, in a general sense, Daryl, I think that's true. Um, look, I, I've rooted for teams that traditionally do not do well, and they've had numerous coaching changes. And so, you know, I didn't make my thoughts known on Twitter, but, you know, could I, did I think, why are the Jets still keeping this guy? Why are the Knicks still keeping this guy? Yes. But just, I don't choose to have venom when it comes to, is there frustration? Yes. That's all well and good. And I don't know where the line crosses, okay? But if you want to say Coach X should be fired, that's your right as a fan to say that. But when it starts getting personal, when you know you're 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 talking about somebody's family, that there's 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 no reason to do that. There isn't. Leave it if you leave it in the sports world, 
I'm good with it. Agreed 100%. You know, Steve, what would it have been like back in the Doug Dick era and Charlie Pell, you know, if we'd have had social media back then? Oh, sure. Oh, 10 and 1? Oh, yeah. And, and looking as awful as that team looked, yes. I mean, but that, that's what you have to deal with now. And look, coaches, understand, if they don't understand that, they shouldn't be coaching. Because that's the world you're entering when you become a coach now. I don't care what sport it is. There's going to be a segment of whatever fan base there is that's sort of over the top, and you have to learn to deal with that. You just do. Steve, you think the majority of the fan base want to be so-called entertained nowadays? If you're not putting up 50 points and, you know, right down the field scoring, they're not satisfying me personally. Steve, I don't care how we score. As long as we can score some points and outscore your team, I'm happy. I think it's changed. I think when you were in an era after Steve Spurrier, even after Urban Meyer, okay, and the way that offenses opened up, you know, in college football, yeah, you wanted to see your school, you know, do that same thing because that's what you won with. Well, now Florida hasn't won a lot recently, right? Haven't won the SEC championship in, what, 14 years. So I think now if you if you score 40 points and run the ball a lot, there'll be some people that will gripe. But I think the bottom line is winning. I would hope that because haven't seen a lot of that around here. Agreed. Steve, thanks a lot for your time today. Daryl, thank you. Appreciate your call. Byron, you're up. How are you? Hey, Steve. Uh, how do you? And welcome back, Steve. I, I, you, when you were gone, I started uh, trying to aggravate Pat and Jeff more. In some kind of way, we got to talking golf. Steve, I, I, they talked me into going out there driving the other day. My back's hurting, and I sliced so many balls that the, the, the guy that, that picks up the ball asked me to please just go, you know, don't. But I'm kidding, though. It was nice. I enjoy it, Steve. Good. And, um, I, I, I hope I can get the driving better, man. 150 yards or whatever that was is a long way. Steve, real quick, um, Bill Russell, man, a Boston fan, you know, from the closet, and uh, just one of the reasons, man, he was a coach. And 11 championships. You know, we talk about Michael Jordan and, and LeBron, those guys, but old school, man, Wilt Chamberlain, those guys. But, but Bill, salute you, man. You were a role model. And if I was half the man you were, I'd have, I'd, you know, I'd have, I'd have tried to just leave let me keep moving. On the NIL, the, the, the guy that you just had, Blake, I think, Alderman, he was on the cheap seats, loved him. And uh, it's the NIL or the NFL. Uh, I think some coaches coming up with paying all the players a certain salary. And I guess the MVPs, like the Arch Manning, that those guys should get a little bit more. But uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to think that's college sports now. And, and last, um, on recruiting, I think Napier is doing a great job. And I do think what Blake is saying, hometown and playing here and all that does matter. But NIL and stuff is going to be in there. And I think transferring should be – put on something like one or two times too, Steve. You know, I transferred for homesickness and uh, one time for grades because I was in junior college, I mean, playing, and I didn't have enough grades, so I came back to Santa Fe with 12 hours instead of 15. That's a long story. But, uh, you know, something like that maybe, but just to be going somewhere, I don't think that's right either. Thanks, Steve. Go Gators. Okay. Thank you. You know what's funny? Again, 
traditionally in college, right? It's not right in college, but in pro sports, you can do it all the time. You can sign a one-year contract, and the next year you can be with another team. Nobody bats an eye when it comes to that, but you can't do it in college. Well, why? Because traditionally, haven't been able to do it. Greg will close the hour. Greg, hi. Hey, Steve. So glad to hear your voice again on the airways at noon. Uh, we really appreciate you. But real quickly, I know you're up against the break. The, the last time, and it was kind of uh, an earlier caller talked about with Pell and Hall. The last time I seen this many changes in, in Gator football takes me back to my childhood, like Dickey. Then we got Pell. Then we had Hall till '89, and then the Spurrier days, and started in '90. Well, right now we we literally are going on our fourth head coach in football in the last 10 years, and I'm just kind of hoping that Napier will be like that Spurrier. I know that's, a, you know, the wishing on my part, but just in your opinion, Steve, maybe at the, after this uh, <clears throat> top-of-the-hour break, do you think it's going to get better or worse as far as uh, Coach Carousel, and, and I'll listen off there and go Gators. Okay, thank you. Greg, let's, let's just throw this out, okay? Billy Napier does a really nice job here, and the Alabama job comes open. He would be a candidate. There is no question in my mind Billy Napier would be a candidate. What's a better job? What's a better job? Right? Doesn't mean 10 years from uh, Saban leaving it'd be a better job, but right then, what's a better job? So if Napier leaves for that job, are Gator fans going to be upset? Some will, but in the, is it a better job? I think you would have to say today it is. So that's part of the thing when you're talking about that, Greg, is what there's it's one thing to be fired, but fan bases hate it when your coach leaves to go somewhere else. You can't do that's not loyal. But you can fire him though. It's okay to do that. Hour two coming up, ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM. Technology has made instant entertainment an everyday reality. And as Americans, we do love to be entertained. From apps on our phones to social media, from Netflix to YouTube, we literally have thousands of entertainment options at our fingertips. And although we have to be careful with the content, there's nothing wrong with being entertained unless we start to think that the goal of life is to be entertained. Entertainment is a distraction, and it can keep us from paying attention to what's most important. Ask yourself, how much time do you devote to entertainment? Do you think it's possible to have too much of a good thing, especially when that thing isn't the main thing? And what is the main thing? The Bible teaches that you and I were made to know God and make Him known. That's the main thing. The goal of life is not to be entertained, but to enjoy fellowship with God through His Son, Jesus. This is Brian Wright, speaking right from my heart. For devotions, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Next time you're driving around town, check out the car in front of you or alongside of you. There's a really good chance that that's a Southeast Car Agency tag. Why? Because the Cousins family has been selling vehicles here in North Central Florida for over 40 successful years, and only one kind— 
the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. No new vehicles. Steve Russell here. I drive one myself, have for years. Check them out in person, Northeast 39th Avenue or online, secars.com. Southeast Car Agency. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Monday. Seth Harp producing the broadcast today. Good to have your calls, your emails. Good to be back in the chair after a little time off. Gator Football Media Day tomorrow. Camp opens up on Wednesday, about a month away from the Gator Football opener and less than that for the opening of the college football season. We will take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Good calls today, good emails today, wide variety of subjects. It is really true, though. Greg's call at the bottom of the hour, uh, or the last call of the hour. Fan bases are unique things, and I think there's a lot of good in that, but I think I don't care what fan base it is. If your coach leaves for a, quote, better, unquote, job, there's a segment of the fan base that, well, good riddance, see you later. But yet a fan base can go on social media and, and help get the coach fired. That's okay. So, I mean, it's a, it's a two-edged sword. Let's take some calls. Uh, we'll get uh, some emails, too. Gordon says, you and I are of advanced age. Excuse me? Nah, I'm kidding. This is prior to Internet. And as such, seem to be more patient than the instant gratification crowd. Maybe as they age, they'll chill. However, the youngsters behind them may be more impatient. Could be. PG, hello. Hey, man. Um, yeah, some interesting topics today. Glad to have you back, too. So Thank you. Before I get started. Uh, so... I haven't heard anybody mention this when it comes to fan bases. I've heard youth, Chris mentioned split, uh, kind of down the middle, almost not political, but you know, the, the complainers and, and the ones that blame, you know, the ones that are trying to complain. But how about the amount of money that not only everybody's getting paid, but the amount the consumer now has to kick out? And that's, it was high before, but now when you're essentially sponsoring the players as well through nil deals you got to flip the whole thing um you know trying to take a family i'm sure in pell's time was a lot less money coaches didn't bounce in the middle of the year like kelly you know with his team i've never seen that before his team is essentially in the hunt and he can just go to lsu and leave a bunch of men or, or you know young men hanging in the weeds and you know he had a contract which i never understood about college coaches their, their contracts just don't really matter i guess you know there's a buyout there but they can just get out of there I, I just you know i think it's just a lot of pressure i mean ad's are making two million a year now um you know you see the amount of money coming through is it amateurism or is it pro uh you know i, I think amateurism is you know not that type of money so you know have you thought of has anybody you know, the, the cost the players getting paid you know steve you've always said that you wouldn't criticize a college athlete. Well, what what about now? If your quarterback's making 
seven million or five million, and he's not playing well, even though he's only nineteen. You know, well, I've I've all I brought that up several times in in discussion because I do I, I do think that changes things. Okay, if a fan base knows that player X is being paid, you know, half a million dollars and he doesn't perform well, then the crowd starts booing. If you just said that to me five years ago, three years ago, PG, I would say, you know, no way. You don't boo a college athlete. Now, I think that changes. I think that changes. I'm not saying it's right. But I think it changes because fans are going to know that that player is getting paid. And here's the other thing. If a coach has two players of sort of equal ability and one is being paid a bunch of money and the other isn't, who do you play? Yeah. And and that's why we like to say, looking forward, oh, when we kick the ball off in September, you know, this NIL stuff is going to go away. Well, as we've seen, just looking back, it's the unknowns. You don't – yeah, I'm sure, you know, the first couple games, but I, I don't know. A guy like Jacob Copeland, there wasn't really too much NIL on there. He wanted the ball more. Imagine he's not getting paid. I'm just using him, you know, because he seemed to be like he was a little upset. But it's even at a higher level. Um, I just think we're going to see things that we haven't seen yet. And I'll get off the phone on this. The transferring uh, one-time rule, I don't know what the NCAA is going to be able to do about it. That's the problem. It's not like they can just set this rule and what we like. It's it's basically, I think, going right back to fair trade, labor laws. I think guys are allowed to go. And that and I don't know how you hold them to it unless you have some type of collective bargaining. So I'd like to see it. I don't think it's fair to the school to develop a guy, you know, commit to him, you know, but then he can go wherever he wants. But then again, I sound like a hypocrite because the coaches are doing it. The coaches are doing it, and, and let's – I said this earlier, PG. Nobody bats an eye in the NFL if a team drafts a player, develops him into an all-pro, and he leaves in free agency. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody says anything. That That's part of the landscape. But it's not been the landscape, obviously, in college football – so that obviously is a foreign object. Well, guess what? Get used to that. But is there yes, I agree, but is there really like one year contracts? I mean, you kind of see that in baseball, major league baseball, where they get a guy from the indie league or something, mm-hmm. but usually you're locked up or the NFL, you know, you have a chance to match or like the NBA, if you're on my team, I can pay you more. He can still ask for a sign and trade, but they they've tried to work that out. If it's a one year deal at, in college and you can just go Plus, you know the playbook. You know what I mean? You're going like that next year to an in-conference school, which is one of the rules or one of the reasons why it was in place. You know, you know everything about that team. So, anyway, it, it's just wild, man. I'm looking forward to it. Things change, you know. It is what it is. All right. PG, appreciate you. Thank you for your call. Dick, welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I heard your call, comment about Billy Napier does a good job here. Uh, would he not take the Alabama job? Or he'd be a candidate. And is that not a better job? I'm not. I don't want to sound stupid in this call, but I'm going to say to you, I don't know. Is the Alabama job a better job than Florida? Don't want any more right now. But is it a better job? They got more money than we got. Is there is there a standalone facility better than ours? Is are they they in a better recruiting state than we are? You know, I'm not going to sit here and say Nick Saban might not be the best college football coach 
of all time. But let's go back and look at this, though. If, hypothetically, if Steve Spurrier and Bobby Bowden are in their prime years coaching in the state of Florida, and you put Nick Saban at Alabama at the same time, do you think he's won seven national championships? No. I doubt it. No. You think Amari Cooper gets out of the state of Florida? You think Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Derrick Henry, uh, Mac Jones, do you think those guys get through Spurrier and Bowden to go to Saban? Saban has benefited greatly from the disarray of Florida football over the last 12 years. I agree. From all those schools. I mean, he's not, how many kids is he taking out of Miami? He's not getting those kids out from Mario Cristobal now. I mean, so I don't know if it's a better job. I mean, we haven't seen him, we haven't seen Alabama win when really they haven't taken advantage of Florida's kids because of the program. If Mario Cristobal gets that thing running and he puts that fence around uh, Miami, like Coker said, and Billy Napier, I, I mean, why would you want to go? Florida hasn't been really top-notch in about 12, 13, you know, Urban Meyer. Why would you want to go follow Nick Saban, who's won seven national championships, when basically what same thing, or people are going to go, what's Billy Napier done? Did the same thing as Nick. I would rather stay here and put my stamp on this and go down as one of the coaches like Spurrier, uh, Urban Meyer, stuff like that, because we've been bad so for so long. Right, I, I get your point, and I, I think it's yeah. a valid point, but I also think that's history talking. Recruits don't give a damn about history. What they care about is today. Okay? okay. Today, Alabama is the better place, period. Well, I, I would, I'm going to say let's just wait and see. because okay, maybe, I, No, maybe, I don't, maybe, I don't, I'm not saying wait and see, Dick. I'm saying August 1st, 2022, Alabama is a better job. As far as what, wins? Yes. Okay. Championships, okay. winning, the chance to win a national championship. Look, see, does it mean it's a better job? Yes, it does. He's winning that. He won national championships with our kids. Let Billy Napier. But that's part of the doing the good job. Okay, well, right now we've got 14 out of 16 kids in the state of Florida. Go back and see when was the last. They're time? not five star kids. Some of you guys are going to be five star They're not five star kids right now, Dick. Well, how- well, how They're many not. Five star kids. How many five star kids are out there that all the schools are getting? Here's so what I'm saying 25, to you: Florida, Florida has not recruited elitely, and that's one of the reasons why Alabama, Oklahoma, USC have come into this state. I agree with your point in that some of these other schools have taken advantage of the fact that Florida. Miami and FSU historically together last year had their worst season since the late 70s. The late 70s. That's oh, how yeah. bad exactly. Florida football. So are, are those other schools, the Ohio State's taking advantage of that? Yes. Absolutely. To your point, if Miami gets it together, if Florida State gets it together, if Florida gets it together and they become what they were, you know, in the two around two thousand or whatever it was, then then will those other schools get less of those kids? I would agree they would get less of those kids. But kids today don't care about that. That's my point. Okay. Well, right now today, but a year from now, I'm saying from a year from now, you may not be able to say the same thing. Well, maybe right not. Now, but uh, right now, I would agree with you. But a year from now, because I personally, Blake Alderman, I sort of disagree. I think he is. I think he is getting an elite class. 
what's the real difference between a, a high four star and a five star? Nothing. And you know what? I look back at Dan Mullen. When was the last time we've had 14 out of 16 players that are going to be four stars? I'm not Correct. saying the recruiting isn't better. Okay. It's way better. It's but, not even like close to not being But better. you have to look at would you rather have a five star or would you rather have a four star? There's a reason why they're rated that way. And all things being equal, you'd rather have a higher rated player. Sure, but I just don't think those teams rely on five stars. There's not that many of them that even on a good year, teams aren't going to get more than maybe three. So you have a kid that's a five star. But it adds up. Point, point it adds up, Dick. If you, if you get three or four five stars every recruiting class, all of a sudden you got you know, 16 to 20 five-star players on your roster, that's pretty good. Well, I think personally he's... Okay, you're, you're going to just contradict me, and that's fine. I agree with your point. We'll see what happens in the future. Thank you for your call. 114, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Tyler Lightburn. The Tampa Bay Rays look to rebound against the Blue Jays after losing their last series. The Rays currently sit at third in the AL East and third in the AL wildcard race. Former Gator football coach Dan Mullen is reportedly considering an offer to join ESPN as an analyst. In more football news, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson receives a six-game suspension this morning for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Today is the Tampa Bay Bucks' first day of padded practice. Gators Football Media Day starts tomorrow, and fall practice will begin on Wednesday. Yesterday, Gators Football landed a four-star wide receiver commit in Andy Jean. This marks the eighth commit in the last month for Billy Napier and the Gators. I'm Tyler Lightburn, and that's your Gainesville Sports Center. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Friends, for a long time now, I've been telling you about my good friends at Southeast Car Agency here in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. You know, when you deal with somebody, as uh, many years as I have with Southeast Car Agency, you develop a rapport and a trust, and it's there for me. Because every time I've purchased a vehicle from Southeast Car Agency, and there have been a lot of them, the purchase has been great, the process has been smooth, and most importantly, the car I'm driving at the time has been really good to me. They never try to hard sell you. They give you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. Check them out online, secars.com. You can check out all the vehicles they have, or go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue, and you can check out the vehicles for yourself, test drive them, and ask any questions you have from their sales staff. When you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Every Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. We are all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. August is a great month to help out the environment by improving your gas mileage. Make sure your tires are properly inflated and heavy items like golf clubs aren't stored in your trunk. Take your car in for a tune-up to ensure it's running at peak performance. And when the weather is nice, walk or bike to your destination to enjoy a beautiful summer day. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? 
Summer is here. It's only June and we have record high temperatures. Ever wish your shorts or pants had air conditioning? You could cut or poke holes in your clothes, but that would take days. Lucky for you, Link Sole has you covered. Link Sole has taken its most technical fabric designed to be moisture wicking and quick drying and added precision holes cut from lasers to maximize airflow for added comfort. Get Link Sole's Boardwalker AC collection keeping you cool wherever you go at linksoul.com. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real live person. You know, a human being who's actually understanding your issues and works to resolve them. Someone with a knack for helping others and has a pulse. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. It's live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. You've got bugs. What's your move? A rattly can? Or a simple spritz? Bugs near your kids and pet? Will it be ingredients you can't pronounce? Ew. Or essential oils? <sighs> Bother the bugs, not your family. Zevo uses essential oils, which attack bugs' biological systems, so Zevo kills bugs, plus is safe for use around people and pets when used as directed. Zevo. People-friendly. Bug deadly. Now at a store near you. We are your home for Sunday night baseball all summer long. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Patrick says, who do you have in the World Series? Oh, God. It's August. Uh, he thinks, I'm thinking you have the Astros against the Mets. I hope not, because the Astros own the Mets. They really do. He says, he hopes his Yanks can get better uh, pitching and get Otani. I think that's who he means. Uh, if the Angels trade him, well, that's another subject that we'll talk about, because the trade deadline's tomorrow at 6. You better get a haul for that guy. The trouble with the Angels is Mike Trout now is hurt a lot. He doesn't play a whole lot. And Otani has publicly said he wants to be with a winner. Well, do you let him walk? Or do you get something for him now? Because they're not doing anything. They're, they're not in a rebuild. They stink. It'll be interesting to see. All right, let's get D with us. D, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey. Wow, man, that last conversation, man, was uh, <laughs> uh, Alabama just got a five-star running back from Lee Acres in Florida. So, right. I mean, don't tell me Alabama's not the better job. I mean, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, do I? I get his premise. I, I understand what he's what he's trying to say. That if Napier, you know, that that if if it was like it was in the nineties. When Miami and FSU and Florida are all all elite, and I'm using that word elite, there's going to be more top prospects choosing those schools and less for the Ohio States and the Alabamas to choose from. Yes, I get that. But today, recruits don't care five years. They care now. Exactly. Uh, before I get on to my topic, Steve, uh, you know, shout out to the staff, man. That was uh... – the whole weekend was beautiful, man, just to see, you know, all these recruits, these yep. top-end recruits pick Florida and, 
you know, just say how the, the staff is recruiting them. They're very meticulous. They know their names. Um, you know, that's what the Army's there for. So, um, you know, just, just, just a great weekend. I, and I expect the recruiting momentum to continue. So, like I said, it's recruiting's fun again under Napier. Uh, I, I wanted to hit on the, uh, Chris Dorn, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get – no offense to Chris, but I get tired of every time there's a coach that's under duress or under fire, they start blaming the fans. Look, man, when you sign those millions of dollars on that contract, uh, you sign up for the praise and you sign up for the criticism. I haven't, I haven't seen one coach say, take $3 million off my contract because I'm, I'm worried about the criticism. Or I can't take the criticism, and you know, just going with our uh, fans. Fans react to results, Steve. And if the results aren't there, they're going to be angry. Go listen to a show in Knoxville uh, when uh, when when Jeremy Pruitt was the coach. Go listen to a Lexington radio station when John Calipari loses a game or loses two games. They're on his neck too, but he's not. You know, he's not quitting. So I just think, man, the two coaches that were gone. Uh, I think it was justified that Mullen was gone. Uh, you could have made a case for Mike White, but again, the fan base got tired of the inconsistent play, and he he just ended up he ended up leaving. So I, I just get so sick and tired of you know people blaming the fans because the fans don't throw one pass, they don't make they, they don't shoot one free throw, or uh, they don't do any of that. They just react to the results. This could be, and maybe we'll do this one day. And, and just give a forum for one day, D, to this discussion. Because I think it's multifaceted. I think it's a fascinating discussion. And I think here is what fans, I think, don't understand. Okay? That you, you anybody listening to a show like this, has every right to go on social media or call a show like this and be critical of a coach. And if people don't understand that, then you shouldn't be a fan because fans have that right. Are there fans that are overzealous in doing it? Yes. And I think sometimes fans don't understand that when you are critical, that when you are uber critical on social media, that does not help recruiting. Recruits see that. It doesn't help. But a fan's not thinking that. A fan is thinking, get rid of the coach, which I totally understand. So, you know, I, I see Chris's point. I understand what my friend is saying. And, you know, that's just the reality that we're all living with because it ain't going to go away. Yeah, Steve. I mean, Twitter ain't going away. Uh, Sports talk radio is not going away. Message boards aren't going away. Right. Uh, podcasts are not going away. Everybody has a voice now, and uh, you know that's part of the deal. You 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 sign seven eight billion dollar uh, contract to coach a team. That's what you sign up for, as as well as the praise. Yeah, and I think coaches understand. I mean, most coaches understand that. I mean, look, is the you know after after a football game, I've sat here for twenty something years and gone through. You know, highs, lows, goods, bads. But look, fan bases are passionate. I don't have to agree with every fan that calls and says their piece, and they don't have to agree with me. But I do think it's if if a fan base loses its passion, that's trouble. That's Agreed. trouble. Yes, sir. 
Good to speak with you, Steve. Same here, D. Thank you for your call. Dequarius is next. Hi, Dequarius. How are you? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. I got two things. Uh, the backup with D was saying about Dory. He coming at the fans, but do he ever come at the media? Uh, SEC Network, ESPN, they always got a joke about Florida and how, how Florida is bad and they under and uh, can they ever get back. Do he say anything about his um, colleagues in the sports media? And um, the, th- the thing about you saying about the offense, um, I'm really not worried about if offense will get us back by um, run and gun and all that. I'm not worried about that. I think – I mean, not run and gun, fun and gun. We, we need a good offense, and we are in a defensive league. We need a dominant defense because Alabama and Georgia, they keep a dominant defense. I think championships are still won by defense. Everybody keeps talking about you need a high-power offense. Well, if you need a high-power offense to win a championship, Oklahoma would be winning every year when Lincoln Riley was there. They they always lost because they didn't have a defense. I'm not too sure that championships are won with defense because the, the, the way the rules have been changed, Aquarius, in terms of that. Now, look, Georgia last year held Alabama. Wasn't it less than 20 points? Am I right in that? Wasn't it like 35 to 18 or something like that? So to your point, you know, defenses, yes, you you need that. But, boy, it's hard in today's world if you don't score. I I understand what you're saying, but look at at when we went to um, the SEC championship in 19. We were right there scoring with Alabama. Right. But – they defense stopped us in the last drive and won the game. You need a defense. Oh, I don't. You I don't have, disagree. You, you have, need a defense, yes. But I do yeah, think. You can have, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you can have an offense that put up 54 points, but if your defense give up 55, you lose, right? Right. Oh, yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, look. You you would hope that you'd have a nice balance of both and that's usually the team that you know wins championships but i'm just going to throw a couple of numbers out here um alabama beat arkansas last year 42-35 well i mean they gave up a lot of points right but they won the game because they had offense there were other games they played where you know they didn't play great offensively and still were able to win. So, look, I get it. Understand. We'll see what happens from here. That's all I had. Okay, Dequarius, I appreciate you. Thank you for your call. Gator Mail, get right to you. Just look. In the course of a season, don't you think that you got to have a little? Who would have thought? Seth, I thought about this the other day, okay? If you look back, it was only September 18th of last year, of last year, when Florida loses 31-29 to against Alabama. That, that's just last year, okay? Florida came that close 
to beating Alabama and only gave up, only gave up 31. But, you know, then A&M scores 41 and beats Alabama. Why? So Alabama's defense was not great. The pendulum has swung in football to offenses. Now, if you have a defense that can make a key stop, Georgia, I'm digressing here, but let me just do this real quick. Georgia had a wealth of talent on the defensive side of the ball last year. Nobody would, would argue that. Those players are now gone. Well, now you're going to see two things. How well did Kirby Smart recruit? And number two, if their defense is not as good, then they better unleash an offense. Because Stetson Bennett, they, were, they would have been stupid last year to do anything more than they did offensively. Why? Because the strength of their team was their defense. Why put your offense out there on an island when your defense is that good? Well, now <clears throat> the defense is going to be good but not great. So what's Georgia going to do offensively to help a more inexperienced defense? I'm fascinated to watch what they do this year. One thirty. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. What I'd like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry is when you walk into the door, you're going to be treated like family. And when you walk out of the door, you will feel as if you, you've had an experience like no other in terms of dental practices. Um, you, will, you will be treated both professionally and personally. So to the extent that um, you, won't, you won't look for another practice. Uh, this is a lifetime type of practice where the moment you enter into it, I, I firmly believe that people don't leave here. They, they become patients forever. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. Hi, I'm Emmett Smith, Pro Football Hall of Famer and three-time champion. Trust me, I know about joint pain. Pro Football's all-time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, talks about chronic joint pain and exciting new regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. I know what it's like to fight through pain, but now, you and I, we have help. QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced, all-natural regenerative medicine that can give you lasting relief with no drugs, no downtime, and no surgery. Do you suffer with constant pain from arthritis or injury, pain in your knees, hips, shoulders, or lower back? Don't assume steroids, pain meds, and surgery are your only options. Regenerative, restorative, natural solutions are now available. Don't let your joint pain keep you from doing the things you love. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation and learn how regenerative medicine can repair and restore damaged joint tissue. Make the call to QC Kinetics. Tell them Emmett Smith sent you. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. As a Marine, Jamie's team always had his back. As a civilian, when things got dark, they still did. Jamie was losing hope when he found the Florida Veterans Support Line. Connecting with his fellow veterans helped him get back on track. 
Now, he gets to pay that support forward as a veteran care coordinator. Call 1-844-MY-FL-VET. Confidential 24-7. Asking for help is hard. Call me. I've been there. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Mostly sunny skies see us through the early afternoon, but clouds, showers, and thunderstorms are all expected to develop as we go into the afternoon and early evening. Especially for that evening commute, heavy rain could be possible, and that could even lead to some flash flooding thanks to the fact that those storms will be slow moving. Highs today before storms develop will climb in below the mid-90s, pulling off in the low 70s tonight before doing it all over again tomorrow. From the UF Weather Central Meteorologist, Justin Ballard. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> Trey Lance hasn't played much football. He played one great year at North Dakota State, and then he had one game during COVID, and that's it. And that's why his nickname was One Play Trey. He had one great play with the Niners, but is that enough to go, hey, we've seen enough? The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes, and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. I just want to hit the Rolling Stones a little more. Um, let's get to Gator Man now. Gator Man, hello. What's going on, Steve? Hello. Well, what's up, Steve? Yeah, doing good. Oh, I'm doing pretty good myself. I tell you what, I, I, I get what you're saying. Today's offense, you got to be able to score in the high 20s and low 30s in the big game. That's just the bottom line. And far as the guy saying the, uh, the fans don't make any catches of uh, the the coaches don't either. They just coach the guys up too much. I mean, the coach don't tell a guy to drop a ball. If the guy drops it, it's on him. But, you know, it always falls back on the coach. Sure it does. I mean, and that's what it, that's the way it should be. I mean, coaches get paid what they get paid. And if they're not successful, and, and, and we can always debate what successful is, right? If you're at Alabama and you go 9-3, and three, they're going to run you out of town. <laughs> Nine and three here, you know, okay. I mean, there's going to be a segment of the fan base that thinks nine and three isn't good enough. And that might be because fan bases all want to be where Alabama is and, you know, where Oklahoma is or Georgia or whoever it is. And I get it. There's an expectation of most every fan base. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you my top ten on this, Steve. I got right. the top ten reasons I'm not buying you are finishing fourth in the East. Number ten, the same people picked them number two in the East last year. Number nine, not buying the Kentucky height. Number eight, Tennessee has got to show me some defense. Number seven, I think Ventrell Miller coming back, that they will be greatly improved. Number six, I think you have coaching staff that's one of the best in the country, in my opinion. Number five, I think Kentucky comes to the swamp. Number four, I think the Gators offensive line will finally have a line that will dominate this year. Number three, I think we see a complete team this year in all three phases. Number two, I think Anthony Richardson, if he don't get hurt, that's the key word, I think he will blow up 
And number one, I do believe in dollar bills, Steve. You have a good day. All right. Hater man, thank you. Bill says, uh, Steve, is there any chance that Brandon Sproke comes back? Yes. We mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, today is the deadline. Tonight is the deadline to sign. The Mets, from what I've been told, uh, are they're pretty far apart. So there's a chance, a chance Sproat could come back. And he also wants to know uh, what Judd Fabian signed for with Baltimore. Uh, I don't know that it's been released, but I Googled it. And uh, this, the figure I've seen is just over a million dollars with the Orioles. And what people don't know about this, Judd actually was contacted by the Orioles last year. And the Red Sox kind of took him. Um, so, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, boy, wouldn't that be something if you get a healthy uh, Brandon Sprout back for an entire year? Wow. BB says, uh, welcome back. Hope your time off was restful and some fun mixed in. Both. He said about Chris Doring, unfortunately, social media growth and its algorithms have helped empower uncouthness everywhere and sadly, much worse. Gator football sounds like it's an up-and-comer. Uh, what do you think the difference between an established program and an up-and-comer is and what our Gators are? Well, actually, okay, Gator fans, you're not going to like this. I'm just telling you right now, all right? I'm a big history guy. Florida has had pockets of success. And let's be honest about it, okay? What do we know, what do we think of in our memories? Who was the coach at Alabama before Nick Saban? What did those coaches do? Between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban, what was Alabama football? About what Florida football is, okay? ups and downs, but they have, you know, a pedigree dating from Bear Bryant. Florida has a pedigree dating from Steve Spurrier. That's part of the difference. So Florida is not, in my opinion, an up-and-comer, but I think Florida has to reestablish, and I think the most important thing that Napier seems to be doing is reestablishing a recruiting base in this state that you have to do. Um, he said, did you see any of Laura and the panel on NFL Live hosting a two-hour rundown? If so, anything jump out at you? I didn't see five minutes of that. No. Um, uh, and he says, uh, I thought the idea of sitting in at training camps instead of sitting out, waiting on contract was interesting, a novel way of handling the rules. Yeah. Look, the NFL, Seth and I were just talking about this before it went on the air. Criticize, hate it, love it. That league, for a long time, has understood the dollar. I mean, it is ridiculous what that league does. Joe, I was waiting for this. Your thoughts on Deshaun Watson's suspension? Six games? 
six games. For 20-something years, I've always said this to you. I'm old school in that I believe somebody is innocent until proven guilty. I've always believed that. But I always believe, too, where there's smoke, there's fire. So when the NFL looks at all of the lawsuits that were filed against Deshaun, and I don't know Deshaun Watson. He may be the coolest dude walking the planet, okay? But the NFL sees the settlements. The NFL sees the, the numbers of lawsuits filed, and that's all? Six games? Now, this was done by a disciplinary officer. And this person was appointed by the NFL and, I think most importantly, the NFLPA. So this isn't just the league. The Players Association was also involved in this. And interestingly, the NFL had been pushing for a suspension of at least a year. Was the NFLPA bucking that? Of course it was. Why? Because it represents the players. What You think the Players Association is going to go, ah, let's, let's give them two years. Uh, no. Their, their, their object is to lobby for the player. In the meantime, the union, according to ESPN, and Watson's attorney argued he shouldn't be suspended at all. At all. Wow. That's amazing to me. David, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, to your original question today about um, Napier's offense, and I, I definitely agree that for three reasons they're going to rely on the ground game. One, that's what Napier's comfortable with right now. Yep. Two, that's, that's the strength of the team. Yep with an offensive line and a very good running back room. And three, you, you want to work Richardson into where he feels comfortable throwing the ball. And if you've got a strong running game, that's going to make him all that more effective, in my opinion. So, Steve, and I know you remember this, but, you know, back when we were 13-1 and one in 2009, Gator fans were crying and moaning because our offense wasn't exciting enough. That was probably one of the most miserable seasons because Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow could not satisfy the fan base. The wins weren't enough. They weren't enough. And, you know, it's it just goes – if we got went 13-1 now, regardless of how we played, I think people would be fine. But we have a very fickle fan base, and I agree with Chris – we have some of the worst fans. Uh, I mean, even going back to when we had Spurrier, I'd sit up in the stand, Steve, and, you know, we were blowing most of these people out, and they were questioning his calls. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. But, uh, hey, welcome back, Steve. Good to have you back. All Take right. Care. Thank you, David. Let, let me just – well, I'll do it when I get back because I will tell you – Speaking of 2009, I'm going to recite for you some of the games that Florida played that year. 
and to what David's point was. 145, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Hugh Green. The Billy Napier era of Gators football is just around the corner as players will report to camp tomorrow and begin practice on Wednesday. Florida linebacker Brenton Cox Jr. was named to the Chuck Bednarik Award watch list this morning. This award is given to the nation's best defensive player each year. In other Gator news, former head coach Dan Mullen was offered a job as an analyst with ESPN. In Major League Baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays have a day off today before starting a brief two-game set at home against the Blue Jays tomorrow. Drew Rasmussen is scheduled to start for the Rays tomorrow night as they are coming off a series loss against the Guardians. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Hugh Green. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Dave Ray's Automotive. We get the bugs out of your car. Oh yeah, you can feel it. The hot Florida summer's upon us. And where do you feel it the worst? Well, in your vehicle, of course, unless you can reach over and dial in an icy blast of AC. If the air conditioning in your car isn't keeping you cool, take a ride and visit my friends at Dave Mays Automotive. And of course, AC isn't all they do. They can take care of your whole car, from brakes, tires, even engines and transmission work. And my favorite part is their honesty and work ethic. After all, there's a reason they've been in business since 1975. Take it from me, Steve Russell, there's no place else I trust my vehicle to. Located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. It's time to celebrate outdoors. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. Let Electronics World help you upgrade your lanai, pool deck, or backyard space with outdoor TVs from Sunbright and Samsung, outdoor speakers from Yamaha, Sonance, Speakercraft, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. We've got everything you need to entertain your family and friends. Come see and hear for yourself at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. That's electronicsworld.net. Back to school shopping on a budget? Then Kohl's is the place to go. With the extra 20% off, I got my kids activewear for under $9 and jeans for $14.39. Plus, I found two for 20 character tees and got $10 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings? Check and check. Select styles, 20% offer ends August 14th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. I love my hardwood floors, but I wasn't sure how to take care of them. Carrying around a bucket was such a hassle. And even worse, my string mop left streaks and haze behind. Then I found Swiffer WetJet Wood, the all-in-one tool made specially for wood floors. Its microfiber-like pad is soft, and it sprays a light mist solution that dries fast. With Swiffer WetJet Wood, it's easy to keep up with the mess on my wood floors. <sighs> Even that mess. Swiffer WetJet Wood, proud member of the National Wood Floor Association. The WRUF Radio App. Your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN.
ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Have a good day today. Lots of good calls and good emails. Hope it stays that way for the rest of the week. Our final segment today, Lee will lead it off. Lee, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, Steve. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think most I don't think these teams are going to sit there and let us run downhill on them. I think they're going to load that box and force Anthony Richardson to make uh, some reads on some throws. What you think about that? I agree. Um, it'll be interesting because if you look at Florida on paper, and that's all that it is, Lee, on paper, right? You've got a relatively inexperienced quarterback, and you have a wide receiver core that does not, at least on paper, have a first-round guy that's going to go out there and just, you know, bust through everything. So, and it, it is the so-called strength of the team looks to be in the running back room and on the offensive line. So, yes, you would certainly think make Florida beat you throwing the ball. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, Steve, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lee. That's And that's what coaches get paid for. Let me go back to 2009, and we'll, we'll continue this discussion tomorrow. 2009, for me, was as somebody taking phone calls after every game that year. It was awful. And if I were to be critical of a fan base, that was the time I was critical. Florida finished 13-1. and Let me say that again. 13-1. and And I think the other thing that people forget is the guy who can't coach, the guy who can't recruit, name is Dan Mullen. In 2008, with Dan Mullen on the staff, what does Florida do? What does Tim Tebow do? In 2009, he's at Mississippi State. Okay? The Gators, in the first five games of the year, in 2009, allowed, allowed, a total of 32 points in its first five games. Do the math. That's a touchdown a game. The problem, they scored 23 against Tennessee, 13 against LSU, and then scored 41 against Kentucky. And I can't tell you how many times after a game, this offense is terrible, it's really bad. Steve Adazio took over as the offensive coordinator, if you remember. Okay, That year, I won't tell you the player and I won't tell you the coaches, but they came to me even during the year and said, this is one of the most miserable years I've ever spent as a coach or a player. Why? because the fan base expectation was crazy. It wasn't good enough to win anymore because they weren't scoring 
50 points a game, all of a sudden something was wrong. They beat Arkansas by three, scored 23 points in the process. Okay, Beat Georgia, spanked them, beat them 41-17. But I was at that SEC championship game when Florida scored, I think it was 13 points against Alabama. Okay, So here's my point. Florida was at the height, height, arguably, of the Urban Meyer era, okay, after winning a national championship and going 13-1, and and there were a lot of Gator fans complaining and whining and moaning about the fact they weren't scoring 50 points a game. They were 13-1. and Spoiled? Yes. And I promise you, if Alabama did that, okay, if Alabama this year wins its games 24 to 14 or, you know, 27 to 20, there'll be some fans that would call up a show like the Extra Point and complain. So sometimes winning isn't good enough. Winning, you know, the, the saying winning is everything, no, it isn't. Winning is not everything. And that's been proven down the line. So, again, that was, and I'm, I was sitting here taking these calls and I'm thinking, you're winning. You, you're knocking off everybody in the SEC. You're beating everybody. But, but not good enough because it was compared to the year before. You think now Florida would, you think Gator fans now would say 13-1? and one? I think so, right? But not then. It's all relative as to what you think. And again, Nick Saban is being judged by Nick Saban and his success. Uh, Let's see here to close out. Bob uh, says, good to have you back with the passing of Bill Russell. Where do you rank him among the all-time greats? I'm going to throw Seth in here. We were talking about this today. While he doesn't have overwhelming offensive stats, would you view him as the ultimate team player? He thinks he has to be on the NBA Mount Rushmore. Oof. Uh, I had the blessing of meeting him twice. Uh, thanks for what you do. Seth, I'll, look, I don't think today, because, again, I think Bill Russell played so long ago that fans now don't remember how good he was and how great those Celtics teams were. That's why I don't think he'd be on a Mount Rushmore anymore. It'd be Jordan and Kobe and people like that. Um, but where does he rank among the all-time greats. You know, I was thinking about this last night, and to me, you try to find comparisons to today's players. To me, he would be Tim Duncan. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. solid, strong. He's yeah. never going to lead the league in scoring. Now, Bill Russell averaged 28 rebounds a game, some 30 rebounds a game. We have 55 in one game. So it's a different era. The lane was shorter, or, or, or I, I should say, more slender. I, you know... It's a sport that's built on scoring. And 
let's face it, you know, if you take guys from certain eras and put them in different eras, to me, if you took his body and his build, he would be Tim Duncan. Um, All-time greats, I don't know how you do that list without Jordan and Jabbar and John, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's like when you're talking about the greatest baseball player of all time. I could say Mariano Rivera, and you're like, well, he never hit. Well, Steve, with all due respect, uh, Hank Aaron never pitched. So, you know, I mean, it's yes. give and take when it comes to that. But top 10, without a doubt. But you start getting the top threes and top fours, and, it's and complete. It, and isn't it funny, Seth, because Babe Ruth's a good example. A lot of times, because a player played a long time ago, you, you, you forget. But not with Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is always, yes. always on somebody's Mount Rushmore. Always, even though he played in the 20s and 30s. But it just goes to show you how transcendent he was. And the other thing, you know, you, I don't feel like I, I hear all the time, well, now there's more games being played. Now, well, you can't hold that against the player then. That's not his fault. There were fewer teams, fewer rounds of the playoffs, much less physical. But that's not Bill Russell's fault. You have to judge a guy or a woman or whoever on the era they played. You agree? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you go back. If you want to play that game, Babe Ruth never played against an African-American. Right? So, I mean, you can play that game and go through and cherry pick whatever you want. This is what I'll say about Bill Russell, Steve. He was an amazing basketball player but he was even a more amazing human being. Yep. Which is, for a guy that won 11 titles, I think that's the truest testament. Yeah, and, and that that's kind of says it all when you talk about that. That's our show for today. We thank you for listening. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, we will have a shortened show, if a show at all, because we have Rays Baseball coming your way. But we'll do it again tomorrow at noon. As you listen to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF, I'm Steve Russell. Thanks to Seth for producing today, and thanks to all of you for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at noon. So long, everybody. WRUF-Gainesville-U251-CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.